Welcome to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, with your host, Dr. Rob Moyer. Find out what others are doing and what you can do to create a greener and blue planet Earth. Now, here's Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, welcome. It's April here, and before you start commencing the spread of fertilizer on your lawn, please stop and consider letting your lawn combat climate change. That's right. We're talking about how your lawn can become a better sponge to protect you from uh, extreme weather events, how your lawn can put on more foliage, deeper roots to have um, more carbon capture, as they say, and uh, just generally uh, greening of our our areas with uh, non-polluting lawns for a change. And the the trick is, as we're going to talk more about, is to... uh, just use a little bit of slow release if you need anything at all and, uh, and avoid that quick release stuff. That's like giving your kids sugar for breakfast when if you give them a protein breakfast, they'll last longer. Uh, similarly, if you let your lawn alone, it'll establish lawns. It'll probably grow deeper roots and be more resilient. And, uh, but should it look hungry, we've got some answers for that. And so back again with me. Um, having been out talking to the towns of Massachusetts to uh, modify their lawn care practices, are Isabel Renowski. Hello, Isabel. Hi. And Hunter Lambert. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hunter and Isabel. So we're back, and um, you know we're kind of coming to the end of the twelve weeks that mm-hmm. you two have been working with me, and. Um, We've got a lot of done, but let's, let's, kind, of sum, let's kind of take an overview of, of uh, what's our scorecard look like. Sounds good. Um, we've talked to a lot of towns, it seems like. Um, to be exact, we started off with uh, round one of our town contacting, which consisted of uh, towns in the Mystic River watershed and kind of beyond in the surrounding areas. Um, we sent 40 letters to those towns, um, and out of all 40, we actually only could not contact three. And those were Westwood, uh, Woburn, and Wakefield. Um, a number of those we contacted, um, eight to be exact, of those we contacted either said they thought they were already doing enough, they are already uh, attempting to, to educate, or they simply just didn't have the manpower, the time, the staff, etc. Um, those are Wellesley, Bedford, Brookline, Foxford, Burlington, um, Harvard, Waltham, and Wayland. Yeah, Harvard was interesting because they had extended the setbacks, the distance where you could fertilize from the water. They had gone from, I forget, was it 25 feet, you think, and larger? It was 100 feet, actually. So they pushed it out to 100 feet, yeah. whereas, whereas every other town is, is says that within 25 feet, you can't spread fertilizer. Harvard wanted to keep that fertilizer that much further away. Yeah. And this was a good trick. If you want to keep the fertilizer from leaving your lawn, plant more stuff between your lawn and uh, the exit routes, be it waterways or wetlands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, Harvard was not too happy. No. Well, it seems like they were interested. Obviously, they had that bylaw that was stronger than the state law. It was good, yeah. But, uh, of course, you know, they were scared by the state pretty much into going any further or t- into creating I think the state told them they couldn't do it. Yeah. And so, so they were quite frustrated with that, and uh, they applauded our work, but they were just really 
They've done. They passed the whole bylaw, and then the attorney general said, "No, nope, can't do it. It's um, you know, just because Falmouth did it doesn't mean you can do it." Kind of yeah. stuff. So they definitely are on their side. Just that yeah. They, An interesting they story. Have that weird thing going on with MDAR. And that's yes, with MDAR, the um, Mass Department of Agriculture Resources, Resources. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we heard loud and clear that we don't want a bylaw change because. Harvard did that, and they got hammered for it. Uh, so we took another approach, which we'll get back to. Uh, so where were you on the list? Um, oh, uh, yeah. In progress. So this, this category is probably the had the most variability between it. Um, we're in talks right now with 21 um, towns about scheduling a meeting, seeing what they're doing, um, keeping them informed of what we're doing. Uh, those include Belmont, Cambridge, Carlisle, Concord. Do you want to come and conquer? Yes, yes. I'm having uh, extensive conversations with, they have a sustainability committee in Concord, mm-hmm. and we were invited to go out to their sustainability day, fair day, and it's just a time that we can't make it. Um, and we're also more into working with the commissioners. Uh, so we've been having some good dialogues about how they can bring in more um, lawn practices. They have a lot on uh, how to create a garden, and we're encouraging them to do more on maintaining the uh, the lawns, um, so that's been a nice interchange. Uh, the person there is saying, "Well, I believe in this and that and the other thing," and I'm saying, "Yeah, that's great. Let's go for all those things, um, but please don't tell people to minimize their lawn. Instead, tell them like she didn't like the fact that people use, you know, gas-powered lawnmowers. So, you know, tell them to push a, um, you know, do that the hand up." But the push mower, mm-hmm. what I got, or used to have, my lawn now is the size of this table. But um, living in Somerville, we get nice and little lawns there. Um, yeah, so, so that's been a nice dialogue back and forth about how that, you know, tell people things they can do, like um, encourage them to plant the right kind of plants for bees and the right kind of plants for um, hummingbirds and butterflies and birds in general. And chances are they may put those in the lawn spots and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a good way to get people to uh, think long and hard about how much lawn do they want, which mm-hmm. is probably where they're trampling around and, and active, and that's great. And are there spaces that they can uh, diversify their landscape? Absolutely. So that was Concord. Who else is in progress? Okay, um, we have uh, Dedham, Framingham, Hamilton, Holliston, Lincoln, Glenfield, Milton, Medford, Melrose, Needham, Saugus, Watertown, West Boylston, Weston, Wilmington, Acton. Those are all hard for me to say. I was being nervous. I'm not from here. So pronouncing all those out loud is rough. You did which I know you want to comment on. Yeah. Um, we didn't have April, so that was no. good. You didn't have to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's good. That, that sounds pretty yeah. good. Um, good practice. Yeah. So Belchertown, uh, we reached out to last summer. And Erica was working with them, and she's since gone on to other stuff. But I just got a call today from Patty Gambarini, who is the principal environmental planner for the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission. And so she is looking at the entire – the Pioneer Valley is the part of the Connecticut River Valley between, like, Springfield – maybe it goes all the way to Connecticut. Um, and, of course – now they're doing more and more about protecting Long Island Sound, 
And so they're reaching up the river and trying to get more sustainable practices up in Massachusetts. And so uh, she was running into the same problems of this uh, state law that says you can't, towns can't do it. But they do make an exemption for the Cape Cod Commission because they've been doing this since 1972, trying to get towns to put septic systems on stuff on Cape Cod. So she was calling about, um, you know, could I help her get uh, their district onto that exemption thing? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, maybe her state representatives and senators could, could try to amend the bill, but it's very difficult. And what we're trying to do is to take that bill out completely. It's just wrong for the state to tell Harvard they couldn't extend their, their thing and their, their buffer zone and that uh, communities can't go from five pounds to one uh, by bylaw. Um, of course, not. But or you could modify it and say this is the minimum and towns can exceed. Does that make sense? Give towns the ability to surpass that amount but not get worse. Yeah, yeah. That could be positive. Right. So that's why we're not... Our approach is to uh, work with the Town Conservation Commission because mm-hmm. they can write, write the wetland um, protection permits. Right. And, uh, and so there's where we're getting the right language in. And then that becomes spread around town. And so uh, we'll be working some more with uh, Pioneer Valley on that... Um, over the summer and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that's Belgium. Uh, we mentioned, uh, yeah. Oh, but we did, uh, well, you pick it up. We got meetings scheduled. Yeah, we do. Over the next uh, week or two weeks, we have meetings in both uh, Stoneham and Danvers. I believe Stoneham's on Tuesday. And Danvers, I'm not sure exactly what day that is. April 25th. The 25th. Yeah. yeah, so you have those coming up, which should be exciting. Um, and then we have actually done, I've only gone to one personally, but we have done six meetings in this, uh, we call it round one of town. Um, those include Arlington, Bolton, Walpole, Dover, Lexington, and Akushnet. Yeah, right. And so Lexington just happened, um, was last week? Yeah, it was last, it was Monday. I think it was this week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, this week even. Yeah. It's already, it feels like long ago. Oh, my gosh, it's been a crazy week for me. Um, we're going to come back and talk about the election experience, but let's summarize um, the impact we've had this, this season on this. So what, for round one? So that was round one, right? Yeah, that was round one. And then, um, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess about round one, it kind of, I'm starting to notice that I think it's getting easier and easier to schedule meetings or get closer to doing that. Because in round one, we kind of um, started off with the bylaw. And so that was confusing for a lot of folks, I think. And once we changed it, I think in round two, you know, we didn't start with the bylaw. And so I think that's making it a lot easier for for us to get, you know, possible dates for the future. Um, A lot of the towns, we'll go over round two as well later, but a lot of the towns in round two um, are already offering us dates. And so... That's just my takeaway, I think, from round one, or a big a big thing from round one was that getting it off the ground was difficult. Yeah. But now that we're yeah. learning things, we're learning, kind of, we have better better have better knowledge of where they're coming from. 
yeah. and how they perceive what we're saying is something reasonable, but because of where they're coming from. So we're like learning that language. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And for round one, I think looking back, like I think I kind of look at it like almost a pessimistic view. Like I only think about the calls that never went through, you know? Yeah. So like looking at this list, like we we reached 93% of the towns we, we contacted. Like we made some form of contact, and that, that's pretty good. Like when I wrote on the list, I think I was surprised. There was only three that we didn't reach because I feel like those stick out in your head. Yeah. Of like, wow, they're not picking up, you know? Yeah. Well, we heard about Cambridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perseverance finally paid off with that one. And uh, some of these, uh, yeah, we, we could have worked harder uh, for uh, Westwood and Wilbur and Wakefield. Uh, but when you're faced with 40, you know, if they weren't receptive, and, and then when you do pick up on somebody, they, um, you got to give them all your attention you know, yeah. and, and try to do that. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, good point, Isabel and Hunter. So, so then, um, as if you didn't have enough to do, we then put out, you know, forty-eight more. Forty-eight more, uh, but it was written in, you know, because we learned from the last one, you know, don't mention bylaw, and um, focus on wetland language. Yeah. And so uh, things are coming back quickly. Yeah. Um, um, well, we. You know, we, it's only been maybe about a week or a week and a half since yeah. we started reaching out to right. these round two towns. Um, so we still do have 27 out of 48 not reached. But that's not so bad. I think that um, that, that number will go down pretty quickly. Yeah, and we have been in, um, in talks with 19 towns. And so those are Beverly, Canton, Chelmsford, Drakeit, Groton? Is it Groton or Groton? Groton. Groton. Hingham, Hudson, Maynard, Merrimack, Natick, Boxborough, Braintree, Wenham, Littleton, Methuen, Newburyport, Amesbury, and Andover. Um, and so, like I mentioned before, a lot of these are already contacting us for meeting dates. Most of them will probably be over the summer, I think. Um, but they are interested. And I know that a lot of towns right now also are going through their their big annual town meeting. Right. And so that that sometimes takes away from ConCon's capacity. Um, but yeah, these most of these will probably occur over the next two months or so into the summer. Um, and we also got to reach out to Peabody um, in round two, and they're interested in what in in the work that we're doing. Um, and Rob, I think you actually worked. A little bit with somebody yeah, so from that was, They were good. They wrote right back to us. Um, they didn't wait for a call. They just sent an email saying, hey, we've got this whole committee. We put together a pamphlet. You know, here's our website. And um, I wrote back and said, oops, we kind of sent you the form letter because last summer your committee, your, your intern who was writing the pamphlet conferred with me on what to say and stuff. So, um you guys really are ahead of the game on this. And and so it's they've got a great website and we're gonna, you know, learn from that if we can. Uh but because they're so close well we'll for, for Peabody, what I'll do is um I'll send them the language that we've come up with that Arlington and Lexington has developed for the wetland permitting and they can just consider they want to add that to it. Mm-hmm. Rather than try to tell their education group or the task force sustainability committee, you know, how to tweak their language 
Um, we'll just focus on the uh, wetland permitting to get that kind of round going and stuff. Also, um, um, so when they, 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 when the, they put the permit out saying, you got to use slow-release nitrogen, well, how do you buy slow-release nitrogen? So that's you know, the next step is that I'm working with uh, a local, like, uh, Spy Pond Association, Spy Pond Committee, which is a pond association for a great pond, and uh, uh, different you know, local groups that were towns moving forward were trying to put a committee together of people to um, do the diligence that, Hunter, you went through trying to find what's available on the market. We're finding that they're from golf course suppliers, not from uh, the fertilized company, uh, so that um, each town, and, and maybe, maybe it all choose the same thing, is to find some, what should their local hardware stores, garden stores be, be selling. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes hand in glove with um, passing a uh, wetland regulation that says use slow release uh, is where do I get the slow release? Yeah. So, we, so this is uh, this is work that still needs to be done. Oh, so yeah, that was PPD again. Um, so then uh, Isabel, who was not interested? So out of round two, right now we have two towns that um, we're not interested: Ipswich and North Andover. And they both gave the same reasons for um, not moving forward with us, and that is that they are already doing things to um, to combat this issue of fertilizer pollution. So they already have um, pretty strong permitting language in place, and I think Ipswich um, said that they were partnering with the Greenscapes program, um, and that's with Salem Sound Coast Watch and the Ipswich Water River. Oh, Ipswich River Watershed Association. Um, and I think North Andover also said that they were doing some like resident like residential outreach and like outreach to homeowners and stuff about um, this issue and educating them on that. So yeah. Yeah, and one town told us that they uh, work with a, a private contractor guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a smorgasbord of how to treat your lawn, how to treat your garden, how to do it all organic. And so they just want to keep promoting his, his work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, will probably circle back with him and find out what he's saying to make sure that what we're saying is not a direct conflict. And, and if it is, how uh, we can um, explain that, you know, ours is a little different. Uh, he's probably keeping within the law of what the state recommends and stuff. And that's, he has to do that, so I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but, yeah, the first town, Belchertown was one of the first towns to respond because they had a harmful algal bloom going on in a little pond there. Mm-hmm. So these communities that have an issue with algal blooms or water pollution from, you know, that could be responsible from lawns um, are really interested in the work we're doing. As I said, you know, Pioneer Valley, they now have to report to Long Island Sound about how they're not sending nitrogen on the water. They want to get on board. Other towns like North Andover, you know, they don't have any, they've got a great pond that's huge and deep, and so they're not seeing harmful algal bloom problems. And conversely, Ipswich has got more marine biologists than anywhere else in the country conveying, conveying coming together on Plum Island Marsh and try to figure out that whole ecosystem stuff. So the, last, the, 
So they're the other extreme where they're doing so much, and they've got gazillion scientists doing what they do. So we'll give them a break, too. That's great. So we're going to take a short break, speaking of giving them a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about lessons. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. On a Cape Cod shore, 16 striped bass fish and a horseshoe crab were found dead, killed by a harmful algal bloom. The town blamed excessive lawn fertilizer for polluting the water. They restricted lawn fertilizing to once a year. The state overruled, mandating five times a year. Though the striped bass died on a Falmouth shore, fertilizer pollution is a national problem, clogging our waterways. If you believe in our rights to clean water and beaches, if you want to stop the killing of fish by excessive fertilizer, please join with us. Make a donation for responsible stewardship. Acting together, we can have clean beaches and more fish. Please visit www.oceanriver.org. That's oceanriver.org. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're talking about cleaning the waters of Massachusetts by not putting quick-release fertilizer on your lawn and instead only feed it when it's hungry. And when you do, uh, give them like no more than a half pound of slow release in the spring or fall. You only have to do it once a year, and I think fall is probably the better choice. It you know, helps those roots get through the winter and, and uh, helps the microbes down there and stuff. So, um, Monday, we, uh, Monday evening, we drove out 
twisted roads, got out of Cambridge to the back, back going around the back side of Fresh Pond to Lexington. We came into Lexington past Wilson Farm. I almost lost the two of you when you saw a farm in such an urban area. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we made it there, and uh, there's like three big buildings that make up the, the town hall area. And we had no clue where to go. Luckily, there was another gentleman parking who uh, took us into the right building to find us the... Uh, Oh, there was a sign, there was a, a, a live board that told oh, us yeah. what the meeting was, but then it didn't come up with any name. And so, Hunter, you were good. You looked up at the invitation and yeah. said the name of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, yeah, you just got to go down this flight of stairs and take three lefts and four rights and, mm-hmm. you know, follow the rabbit warden around. And, and there was this room with, with people in it. Mm-hmm. So how was it for you? I mean, like the whole process in general, like I uh, am not from New England, um, and I go to school in Boston, so I don't really get out of Boston that much, at least not into, like, suburban mass. Oh, I've got to interrupt. Yeah. Because this our meeting was at 6.30, which was a half hour before town meeting commenced oh, yeah. at 7 o'clock. And had I known, I wouldn't have imagined going out there. And we were remarkably lucky to get a parking space. I think we got one of the last ones in the lot, which is a big lot. But um, that was a whole kind of context was that there was this mm-hmm. all these cars and, and they were who knows where they were going so so in we go go ahead yeah so like just just getting out and driving through was cool for me I think like just to see places I probably would never go right like I don't think I, I would go to Lexington without this meeting it was cool and I like down Paul Deer's Road you yeah know? there was the old patterns and the 18th century building absolutely yeah and like, to begin with that was cool um, but like I think the whole time I was going there I was a little bit scared because like, I don't know like I called this commission, but I don't know what a meeting's like. And I know I was asking Isabel, I'm like, like we just stand in front of everyone. Like, I don't know what this is like. It's like a presentation. Like, I don't know. Um, but getting there, like, it was immediately, like, so calm. Like, everyone's just sitting. There's, like, a few people from the town there just to listen. And uh, it, it was really relaxed. And um, I think because we weren't the first to speak, I kind of got to see the process. And, like, they're, they were also friendly. Um, and it was fine. Like, I got to, we had to say our pieces. And they asked a few questions, and there was, I don't know why I was so scared for questions, because we've been learning about this for so long, of course, I'm going to be able to answer them, but I know that's just the fear going in, but yeah, it, it was it was fun. Yeah, there was a, a woman talking about putting a stone out in memory oh, of yeah. a famous conservationist who had passed away, and, and uh, they were asking particular questions about, well, she'd rather have it be on this rise, but of the cross water, and the uh, and the grounds guy couldn't get his truck over there to get the stone over there, so she had to settle for the other rise. And then one of the commissioners asked them, well, do you think that carving the names or carving the, um, the letters into the top mm-hmm. would trap water and all that stuff? And she hadn't thought about that. So it was really interesting, you know, hearing how they were very respectful of her and also, you know, politely asking, have you considered this? Yeah. And, uh, and just yeah. Mhm. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, there were definitely way more people going to talk at the Lexington Concom meeting than at the Dover meeting, which was my first meeting that I went to. Um, so having to wait and you know listen to everybody, and I think that they purposely may have put us last because we're, we're coming from outside. Um, so you know projects that are more specific, I guess, to Lexington would have gone first such as that bench. 
Um, but it was also interesting to see that there was more of an audience, for sure, because last time me and Rob went to Dover, um, it was pretty much just us and the commissioners all sitting around the table and actually having an intimate discussion. And the weed eradicator guy. Yes, yes, <laughs> but he had left by the right. time it was our turn, so we didn't really That's have an audience. It was just us. That's right. Yeah, it was just us. Um, which, you know, I think both are good, but the good thing about Lexington, too, was that people in the audience were actually interested in what we had to say, and they were also also asking us questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, at the same time, that also gave us a little bit less time with just the commissioners. Um, and also, like you said, there was a town meeting, big annual t- town meeting, which I think is a big deal in a lot of towns. Um, and so the chair of the CONCOM actually had to leave early, Right at 7 and, o'clock. Yeah, right at 7. And so we kind of got cut off by that. But I think we, we would have been uh, timed either way because after 7, they start the public hearings, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that means. Do you know what that means? Uh, I think it was like new business. New the business. public is bringing forward the things to, to look at. Okay. Unlike the stone that was put on the calendar. Okay. I'm not sure. I didn't stick around. Oh, I think it requires a vote, too, possibly. Uh, a vote by the commission. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like an official vote. I don't know. But, I think yeah. just people can, the public get their opinion on, like, certain items why you brought up. I think it's just, like, instead of just commission talking, it's, like, the public is going to... Well, like, anyone who's doing a change in their property has to go before the commission. Oh, really? And then the neighbors are all concerned about the changes. So, um... Right. Because we heard that, I think a neighbor was asking... Well, we had some questions from the audience. Um, and they were there. I think that they... I don't know if they were there oh, because they, we were on the calendar yeah. or because they were interested in the stone that was going up. And there was they, also, uh, I think, a pool being built somewhere. Yeah. That would have that would have interfered with some... Well, there was a whole kind of water drainage thing. Yeah. And so these, this couple were there to make sure that their water management wouldn't affect them. Mm-hmm. I know. They were neighbors. She was taking notes on all of them. But she was taking notes on all of them. I think they just like to be involved with their town, which makes sense. They just like to know what's happening. Yeah. Maybe, or there was a specific item that, that brought them to the Because mm-hmm. um, she was one yeah. to ask me, um, because during the meeting we talked about, yeah. like, Arlington permanent language. Yes. And she was like, oh, which town did you guys say? Probably, like, looking into it. But yeah. she wants to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, that was the fun thing was that of all the towns to have put the permanent language right, it's Arlington. And Arlington bumps into uh, Lexington just to the west, and we have this Arlington Great Meadows, which is this beautiful uh, wetland that's more in Lexington, but it's called Arlington Great Meadows. Oh, really? Yeah. And, well, it's hard to tell on the map, but it yeah. looks to me like it's part oh, yeah, it of the borderline. It was beautiful. Yeah. Well, from Google Images. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen, from all my experience, with Great Meadows. You know, meadow grass, yeah. and a fringe of trees around it. And uh, so there's a, a Great Meadows Association. And I'm trying to get in touch with them to help us select what would they like for the right slowly fertilizer. And like speaking of like contacting getting easier, we sent an email yesterday or two days ago and got a response within like 40 seconds. Like that was the quickest return time. Do you remember that? No, but when, tell me about it. No, no, no. <laughs> You're emailing the the organization. Yes. In between Lexington oh, right. and I swear Rob got a call like yes. not even a minute later oh, that's from right. a, a woman from one of the organizations. Arlington. Um, Spy Pond, yeah. Spy Pond Park, mm-hmm. not to be confused. The Friends of Spy Pond Park. Park. Yeah. So it's a friends group, and I and she put me in touch with the Spy Pond Association, 
So the Spy Pond Association is the association of landowners around the pond, and they then set stricter limits of what you do with your property around the pond. Mm-hmm. Some of them will say you can't cut any trees because you want that bank retention um, and what you're putting along and stuff. And so they're critical for um, picking out the best fertilizer pollution. But this woman, um, Jeff, was like waiting by the phone to talk about her issues, and finally the, the thing came through. Yeah. And uh, we must have talked for 20, 30 minutes. No, it was like 40 months of time, I think. Yeah. the first, and we don't even drive through them because how quickly <laughs> she responded. And, uh, of course, she wanted to share with us the issues that they've been working on. And um, so, it, 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 yeah, it's fun to find comradeship or collegial conversations. Yeah. If these people are just kind of going solo against the government or whatever mm-hmm. and, and to do like-minded. And that's a real important role of the Ocean River Institute is that we help link you know, neighboring groups and stuff. And, you know, Lexington wouldn't think of asking Arlington, did you change your regs or, you know, your wetland permitting? Uh, but we said, yes, that's your neighbor. So now we can have this focus group, an ad hoc group on the fertilizer choice, um, be contiguous. Mm-hmm. That was a good point, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask before we move on from Lexington, is Lexington a lot bigger than Dover? Because Dover seems to not be busy at all. Like There aren't that many things in the CONCOM meeting agenda, but Lexington has so many things. So whereas like yeah. in Dover, we kind of, you know, we, we practice our, our spiels about Roundup and fertilizer, and we had to fit it all within 10 minutes, all three of us talking. Yeah. But in Dover, we kind of just got to talk to them for like 45 minutes. But in in um, Lexington, we actually did have to utilize all that practice to squeeze everything in. Yeah. And so it is Lexington bigger? Yes. There's more people. By a lot? As a, I, I have to look it up, but it's, it's a much bigger population. Oh, okay. That makes and, sense. And then um, Dover, on average, has much bigger house lots. So there are fewer. I don't know. The geography is the same. It's further uh, out, but it's, sure. it's uh, major horse country. So Lexington yeah. population, um, uh, thirty-one thousand three hundred ninety-four. Arlington, I mean, Dover, six thousand two hundred. Okay. So five, Lexington's like five, five times, times as big. More, yeah. yeah, and there's lots of developments going on. That's the other side of stuff. Whereas Dover, nothing else. Okay. So now I guess we know what to expect for future ones. Yeah. Well, that's what the, that's the wonder of it. Each one is unique. Each one this is retail um, conservation work where we, we go out to each town and we learn about what their issues are, you know, because um, Isabel in Dover was a hero because they had been being hammered by the Roundup Corporation to, you know, that Roundup isn't so bad, it dissipates in no time, and, you know, as long as you sleeping with it in your bed the next day, you're all better off or something, you know, it was like, and, and the commissioners go, please tell us, you know, yeah. whereas um, in, um, in Lexington, they had specifically had an agenda to get through, and by golly, we better not exceed our thing, mm-hmm. and it was remarkable, we ended right at 7 o'clock, <laughs> I mean, it was nice to, to, to the chairperson to listen to us entirely, not just get up and, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. 
But that's what's fun is that each one is different and, and the different things that come up and stuff. Okay. Lexington. Oh, so what did we do after Lexington? I mean, we, our follow-up was to send them. They want to see the Arlington permitting language. They were interested in what the exact language was that uh, was strengthened. Um, so we got that to them, I believe, right? Yeah. And then uh, a gentleman asked quite persistently about he didn't have to go to Albany to order his, yeah. his uh, fertilizer, you know, help me, help me. And, um, and the answer is, well, that's the problem is that the company doesn't make it easy, so uh, we need to work on that. And so the other follow-up was I uh, spoke to the uh, Karen in the, in the office there and asked for her um, who would be the community groups to talk to work with. So we picked up on the other element of uh, providing that. So that was a, that was a two for two things that we did follow up for uh, Lexington. Um, so it's been quite a process here. Uh, I think um, I think we'll take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about um, you know lessons learned, where we're going from here, and yeah, because it is it's week twelve and twelve right now. This is week twelve. It's crazy. It's, flew, it's but, flown by. You will be here when we come back after the break. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. On a Cape Cod shore, 16 striped bass fish and a horseshoe crab were found dead, killed by a harmful algal bloom. The town blamed excessive lawn fertilizer for polluting the water. They restricted lawn fertilizing to once a year. The state overruled, mandating five times a year. Though the striped bass died on a Falmouth shore, fertilizer pollution is a national problem, clogging our waterways. If you believe in our rights to clean water and beaches, if you want to stop the killing of fish by excessive fertilizer, please join with us. Make a donation for responsible stewardship. Acting together, we can have clean beaches and more fish. Please visit www.oceanriver.org. That's oceanriver.org. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Take me to the river. 
are listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi. I'm here with Hunter and Isabel, and we're talking about cleaning up the waters of eastern Massachusetts, town by town, conservation mission by conservation commission, uh, conservation officer by person, person to person, face to face. And uh, over these last 12 weeks, we've reached out to 88 different towns. Uh, I think 88. Well, 40 plus 48. Um, it feels like 98. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the remarkable thing is that uh, we got through to a lot, and um, we have accomplished. We had a huge victory, a huge accomplishment, when uh, Arlington uh, rewrote their uh, wetland permitting to say only use slow-release nitrogen, only apply in the fall. Um, Don't use herbicides, meaning, yeah, you could use Isabel's fantastic mixture. Um, And so that that is huge. I mean, that is the... I've been working at this for 10 years, and that's the first time we've got a town to really make a change. Mm -hmm. And and now we're trying to do the follow-up of getting what that town has done not get hidden in the regulations where only those applying for a permit by wetlands will learn about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to wrap up the program, and then at the end of next month, the end of May, we'll be starting up two new interns. So, um, Isabel, uh, do you have some advice for uh, future interns on uh, how to set up a meeting? Yeah, I guess I would say that's been the hardest thing um, out of this whole project is actually getting from the first point of contact with the Conservation Commission, which I guess would be the letter that we send out in the mail, to having the meeting set up. And I think a lot of people might think, well, how hard can it be to set up a meeting? (laughs) It actually takes, like, multiple correspondences to get to that point in of course, every town's different, but I'd say you have to be patient, um, patient and persistent. And you know, if you don't, I'd say if you don't hear from them, if they don't say no, that's you know that's a sign that you should keep going um, and keep trying to contact them. Concoms have weird hours, is what we've learned too, and all the hours are different. So random. It's not like normal business hours. It's not nine to five, Monday to Friday. <laughs> So be mindful of that, too. Um, and, yeah, I think just, you know, be aware that it's just not going to happen right off the bat, probably, because because the commissioner's contact info is not even online. It's just one staffer that, that they put. You know, they put one staffer's phone number online. It might be the administrator or the officer, whoever it might be. Um, and so that person that you can actually talk to has to talk to everybody else before they can make, you know, a decision about a meeting date or about next steps. And so it does take a lot and it's not, it's not something that you can just do right away. 
even though you might think that it could it wouldn't be hard to set up a meeting. Yeah, you would think that they'd be looking for things to put on the agenda, fill it out and stuff, and so it's just, but it's not. Yeah. And and so Harper, uh, Isabel was saying that the key is this kind of gatekeeper that we have to reach in the office. Mm-hmm. What's your take on a meeting? How to get set up a meeting? Yeah. Honestly, like, I don't. I think the meeting part probably wasn't the hardest part. I think that first contact is probably the most, like, aggravating to me because, like, you keep working for it, you keep working for it, just, like, get them to pick up the phone. Like, just to actually make contact with someone, I think it's probably the hardest part. But you definitely, like, like you said, like, if you didn't get a no, like, you can keep calling. Um, like, you have to be, like, persistent but not pushy. Like, you have, to, like, you have to work for it. Like, you have to work and you just show them, like, that, hey, like, this is important to us and, like, I think it would be important to you, too, like, if you just picked up. But <laughs> the actual meeting part, a lot of the ones that actually were interested, like, like, yeah, we can put you on this day, or you can, like, we can put you on in, like, three weeks. Oh, we'll have you get in contact with this person. Just, like, making sure that, like, the the dialogue stays alive is probably the hardest part. Because a lot of times it's like, okay, we'll email you. And then, like, a week later, I'm like, they still haven't emailed me. Yeah. And they should make another reach out. Like, you they definitely need nudging. Yeah. Because, like, and I think that's kind of what we've tried to remember the whole time. Yeah, I just think, like, there's probably a lot of people contacting them at once. And, like, things happen where they, we're getting... We're every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, or for me, more for you. Like, I'm going to my email and checking my work email that only gets some constant submission. They're getting stuff from everyone all the time. And I'm sure, like, things happen where my email just slips by. Or they read it and go, okay, I'm going to respond later, and then just miss it. You just, be, you just have to remind them and be like, hey, I'm still here. Just like... Yeah. And you have people say, okay, I'm going to take it to the commissioner to see if we can put you on a meeting. And so you expect to get back to you. Yeah. And you mustn't take it personally when you don't yeah. because they're not grumpy when you reach them again. They're just, um, they're very busy people. They're and busy, yeah. I know, uh, like, one of the hardest things with round one, going into it, I'm not really familiar with cold calling, but, like, I call in and be like, hi, like, I'm Hunter, an intern, and, like, I was wondering if you got our letter. And they're like, yeah, we got it. I passed it to chairman. I'm like, okay. Like, I don't have to say now. I'm like, did you read it? And I'm like, no, I just passed it on. And I'm like, have they read it? And they're like, um, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like, it, it's, it's rough. Like, to call him, but have them be like, yeah, we got it. I'm like, good. Okay. What else? Yeah. I think that was for the hardest part. Are like, you impressed? Come the, on. The first call after the letter is probably the roughest for me because it's like, hi, we sent this in the mail. Like, and they're like, yeah, we received it. I'm like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. But by the end, you were saying, well, would you like me to email it to you? Yeah. Or, you know, I'll have it in so many forms for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can it to you. I can recite it to you. <laughs> yeah, and I guess another thing I want to say, too, is when you actually do have to go to these meetings, um, like, you should tell, I think you should tell the interns that they're not. Actually, have them listen to this. Because <laughs> they're going to be doing radio shows, too. So have them listen to this, first of all. And then, second of all, um, I want them to know that, like, meetings can be really intimidating. Um, like, when I went to my first meeting in Dover, it was pretty intimate. Like, you actually go sit at the table with the commissioners, and you have a big conversation with them. Um, and I was nervous, but they're, you know, they're, they're environmentalists. They think that what we're saying is important. That's why they invited us. And they want to learn more. Um, and so 
see if people want to hear from you, so you shouldn't be nervous, first of all, and they're really nice most of the time. Yeah. I think. They, had you they're in, nice. they had you in uh, Dover when they said that there are only eight people who are not using lawn care services, and four of them are sitting at this table. Exactly. Like, that is, like, really reassuring that, like, they're not, they don't think we're, like, asking too much or anything. Like, they agree with us. And so, don't be nervous. Um, and I know Hunter was nervous when we went to Lexington. Yeah. And, like, Lexington, they actually filmed it, too. Dover didn't film, doesn't film anything. They're, I guess they're just too small. But Lexington actually had a camera. But even then, like, that's not even, that's not that nerve-wracking because it's, it's local, you know, it's a local issue that's, that are being discussed. And so, yeah. people like, care. That's what it is. That doesn't make me nervous. Like, people are interested. So, a quick question before we're out of time. What did you think about the uh, process of having that spreadsheet and town pages? And, mm. um, did that work? Or? It worked. I think we probably could have been more organized sometimes. Like, I think every once in a while we probably should have... Um, cleared out some of the old stuff. I think that for the next interns, because like, right now we have boxes of like contacted March 5th, contacted March 12th, contacted blah, blah, blah. And probably, it's okay. Probably, I feel like clearing out once in a while is very good. Yeah. Or yeah. Clearing down. Clearing down. down. It's like how you think it's more relevant. But like we would have meetings scheduled. Yeah. And then we went back and put in net. You know? Yeah. But <laughs> it's like just that little thing. But also the pages. Yeah. I think the pages worked well because it was, you know, a summary, all, like, all the correspondences were kept in one place, being, like, kept, you know, organized by town. Yeah, and so that was an easy way, I think. Okay. Um, I think that, like, if, if it's possible, if the interns are all going to be working, like, at the same time or, like, for the same amount of hours, to, like, actually assign them a town so that it could be one person talking okay. to a town. Well, yeah, kind of caseload, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, me and Hunter, we couldn't really do that that much because we're in at different times, and I'm in a little bit more often than Hunter's, so... I know, so you were tired of Oh, yeah, that one I had, I had to. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know a lot of our calls, I think it helps because when we'd have, like, 10 calls to do, like, Isabel and I would, like, do them at the same time. So she'd call, and I'd be on the page typing out yeah. everything they're saying because, like, they took a lot of information. So, and yeah, so and that's I, fine. I, I want to keep the details. It's like, yeah. I would do one, and we'd do one and the other, like, switch back and forth. And yeah. it kind of made, like... It wasn't just 10 straight calls in a row. It was like, okay, I'm going to do... And like, I'm gonna switch off every time, you know. No, nope. and it worked. I think I know what is good. Sometimes you forget. Exactly, and like, there's also a lot of like I was talking typing the exact conversation. Like, someone mentioned like, oh, we have a chairperson, or we have this committee, and like, I can just be typing that way. It's all just talking to them, not worrying about it. Like, she's like yeah. worried about having a conversation and making sure I keep track of all the details and dates. Yeah. And also, um, by talking with someone else, because then afterwards I'll say, well, what was the group of da da da? You know, and by having talked about it, you might be able to remember who that is. Because yeah. we can't look up the da-da-da file, but we can only look up the town. So you'd say, I think it's Milton, and then you open Milton and say, oh, but it is. Or I was constantly in my head mixing up Concord and Wellesley. Yeah. Um, or, like, sometimes, like, on a conversation, like, they ask a question, I necessarily wouldn't know what way to answer. And so, like, type, like, okay, like, go this way, say this kind of thing. And, like, okay, that helps. Yeah. Well, that's people help me with my calls, or, like, or vice versa. It was, it was good. I think all the days that I was most nervous for, like, ended up being the best ones. Like, I was so nervous for radio show days, and, like, I think that's why my favorite day of the week. Yeah, you've got a radio show, but you the radio show. But it's pretty good. And, like, the lobby day I was scared of, and that was a really fun day. And then, like, meeting the actual commission, like, I was scared of. Now, there's another aspect that we just totally kind of dropped the ball on, and that was we uh, prepared a dynamic letter for people to sign that we would get to there. Um, and um, that just didn't take off, but I think 
you think that's a worthwhile thing to have? Well, or? I think it is. I mean, I think, you know, the first day it was promoted on the radio show and the newsletter, we got, like, over 100 responses. So it's, like, long comments, too, people are interested. I think it's worth it to keep it up. But, oh, cool. yeah. But, you know, at the same time, we're not doing a bylaw anymore, so I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because I feel like usually people write, like, citizens write letters to officials in response to, like, a particular bill that might be coming up or change in a law or something, but I think it still work because it's good to have local support. Mm-hmm. So it's urging them to um, change the wetland permitting system. Permitting language. And that we need them in those towns that weren't interested in us anymore um, because if their own constituents say, hey, this looks good, then cause that was the hardest thing was to get them to see that we're asking for them to make a modification to something they're already comfortable with. And they've figured it's worked fine, so why, why you know. You know so yeah, exactly. Getting them to look at it is, is a challenge. And so yeah. for those towns that we don't have it, and, and it's also a way for people to get involved. Exactly. We all it, want to make a difference. It keeps the conversation going, no matter what, like yeah. amongst people. It keeps people talking about it. It keeps, you know, this issue in their minds and... That's important. So I think. And the Arlington person who was on the phone with me for 20 minutes could, you know, write on the letter, and and we can share with other writers and stuff what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So it sort of builds the network. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Well, we have just about run out of time. Uh, all of you listeners, please um, go to our website www.oceanriver.org and uh, sign up for our e-alerts, and then um, you can write to. Uh, Hunter and Isabel at info at oceanriver.org and tell them what a good job they're doing <laughs> and how we want them to keep at it and we hope they succeed. Uh, also, uh, please consider signing a letter that we worked on. Uh, so when you go to our landing page, to our homepage, you'll see uh, two. there are six campaigns and two of them are on this project. One is the top ten, um, top ten things you can do for your lawn or something and, and that's... Um, is a wonderful um, bunch of slogans that the three of us came up with. And the other is more information, but also how to get involved in signing the letter and, and adding your own comments to what. So we did it. We did it. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it was great. I liked being on the radio show. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> the only time I've ever been on the radio show. So. A good experience. Good. Well, if you ever, t- ever, you know, have trouble going to sleep, you can turn it on. And, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't want to lay the. I don't want to listen to my voice. That's what I put you to sleep. I like, I like to talk. But yeah, I don't listen to my voice. All right. Well, thank you once again, and um, thank you. Do keep in touch, and for all you listeners, thanks for listening in. Uh, take care of yourselves, and then please take a moment to take a little bit of care of this uh, planet of ours. Uh, April fifteenth, we have Extinction Rebellion and all kinds of activities happening around the globe. Uh, So visit our website for more information about that. Thanks again for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks again for joining us this week on Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Please tune in for more with Dr. Rob Moyer next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again then. (laughs) 